So my first question is, why do you want to do this interview? Why did you say yes? That's a great question, because um, it sounded interesting. It sounded fun, and you were quite persistent, as we were just discussing right before we began, um, which is also a good characteristic, I think. It's in interesting. Quite a few of the people who I've interviewed, like the multimillionaire ones, they've mm. said, anybody who knocks on my door that time with an idea like this... I'm going to make time for them, which That's is great. interesting. No, it's great. Yeah, so I, I try to make time as much as possible, yeah. but I'm, I think yours maybe stood out a bit um, just because you were persistent but also friendly, so that was good. Yeah, okay. So how would you define a maverick, Chris? A maverick is not just a rebel. You know, you can rebel against lots of things, but I think a, a maverick is maybe going a bit deeper or Maverick is maybe thinking more unconventionally, you know, um, there's this whole thing that like, I think it comes from the matrix, that movie, it's probably been used in lots of other things about how like everything you've been told is a lie, you know, and like you have to go and find your own truth and that's fine. But I think it's a little bit simplistic Yeah. because not everything you were told is a lie. Like someone told you to like look both ways when you cross the street when you yeah. were a kid. That's probably a good thing, right? Okay. You know, if your dentist tells you you should brush your teeth and floss, right? It's good, right? So I think the the challenge in life essentially is in figuring out, okay, what is true and what is a lie, right? Okay. What is what is my truth? So I think that's what a maverick does. Is it's not just like rebelling against everything. It's like, okay, let me let me be a little bit more intelligent here. But then when I find out, okay, what you know. What is it that I want to do? What is it that I'm trying to achieve? And how can you know I work with others to make that happen? That's when things get interesting. Okay. Why do you think you're a maverick? You said yes to the interview. Did I, did I say yeah? yeah. Uh, did I, but I don't know if I identified myself that way. I don't know. Well, your description you just gave you now, would you say that you're like that? Uh, I, try, I try to question authority, for better or worse. Okay. The London School of Economics actually developed a maverickism scale. Okay. I'm going to give you seven statements, and I just need you to say true, false, can't decide. Okay. I worried, I'm worried I'm going to be very boring, actually. You know, I'm going to no, be very no, conservative. No, 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 no. And, yeah, but all right, we'll try it. People tell me that I'm a maverick, or words to that effect. True. I have a knack for getting things right when least expected. True. I have a way of solving problems which is different from other people. Sometimes true. I'm much more productive than other people. Well, who's to say, you know? <laughs> I don't um, know. Okay. I have very unusual talents. I, I suppose I, I have pretty clear strengths and weaknesses, and there's things that I'm good at maybe, but there's also a lot of things I'm not good at. Go on. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm generally underestimated by people. I like to be underestimated. I don't know how I am, but I think it's really good to be underestimated. Yeah. You know? I do things differently and better than most people when I work. <laughs> differently and better. These are, you know, you know these adjectives, um, it's so qualitative. I do things different, sure. Okay. Why do you do things differently? It's the only way I know to do them. That's the thing. I don't always necessarily think it's better. It's just when you, like, the question about talents. You know, I think I have a certain talent of figuring some things out and it served me well you know, okay. in my life. Um, but it also kind of comes from maybe an initial position of weakness or perceived weakness of like, I, I don't know what else I would be doing. Okay. You know? uh, I don't know if I had to like, get a job, like what my qualifications actually would be. Would be. You know? Okay. 
Like, so I found my own way, you know, through this process. Okay. Can you give me an example of what you do differently and how? Mm. Can you give me a topic or... Uh... Anything. Yeah, it's kind of broad. <laughs> um... Well, okay, so take your The Art of Nonconformity. Mm. The things I know about you, or travelling to all countries, you know. Yeah, right, right. Um... I guess, you know, maybe for me, it kind of goes, let's go back a little bit further, like my education, you know, um, I, I was educated in the States and I say I was educated, but like I, I was actually a high school dropout. So I dropped out about age 14. You know, our, our school system was supposed to go up to age 18, but I stopped at 14. And um, that's just because I didn't like it. I wasn't a good student and I yeah. had a hard time learning in that manner. But then um, I did start going to university. I kind of snuck in a little bit because you're not supposed to go without finishing. Yeah. But I kind of, you know, found my way in or whatever. And after I had done, you know, the first term, then I, I had good grades and I actually liked it. And so that when the, by the time they figured out, like, I wasn't actually a high school graduate, I was, right. already, I was already in the system. So yeah. like, why, why are we going to kick him out now? Um, and so that actually... You know, being a being a high school dropout, you know, has this stigma, you know, about it. Uh, most people who do that, they don't really go on to do very well in life. Um, but for me, it actually was a very good thing because then I kind of fast tracked my way through university. Okay. I was really young when I graduated, so it's something that not everybody maybe thinks about, or maybe it's not the wisest choice for everybody. But for me, it was great. Interestingly enough, Chris, you'd be surprised how many people have who who are really successful in yeah. the world's definition of success mm. sure. who were high school dropouts. Right, I've right. got to tell you this: um, one of the best ones I've heard, not that one's better than the other, but memorable was Jane Tewson, who's Branson's friend, who mm. was the woman who came up with comic relief concept in oh, London, wow. and she, I'm interviewed, her, I'm halfway through because she needed a break because her dad's poorly, and mm. she turned around and she said she's dyslexic, so she flunked all her exams, and she said to her mum and dad, you know, I've totally disappointed you, and you know, I'll never go to Oxford, and they went, won't you? So she got a job as a cleaner. Uh-huh. Started attending all the classes in Oxford. Brilliant. Wow. Um, well done. Is what you do equated to the bottom line or something else? Mm. Um, the bottom line being financial, I guess. Yep. Yeah. Uh, no, I would say, you know, I, I'm a good capitalist. I don't I have nothing against making money. I think it's helpful, but that's not really. That's not the why. That's not so why. what's the why? Um, I like things that are challenging and things that I find meaningful okay and I like you know setting goals and kind of working toward them and and being productive to use that word and you know creating things I, I'm, I'm very motivated by creating okay okay is any part of being a maverick to do with autonomy over your life mm. uh, I would say that freedom and independence are my highest values yeah you know um, so autonomy very much is like you know, I could do a lot of things, but I definitely want to be in control of my destiny and not just my destiny in the broad sense, yeah. but, you know, my daily schedule and uh, yeah. my outcomes and what I'm trying to do. And uh, yeah, exactly. Okay. Does doing things differently require certain skills, talents or mindsets? And if so, what are they? Yeah, well, skills and skills are quite different from mindsets, um, you know, so maybe a mindset is like a willingness to try something okay. or a curiosity about something. And uh, you don't necessarily need to have this great talent, I don't think, or some specific skill 
you know, skills are things that we learn as we kind of go through life. And um, so maybe you need the mindset, the willingness to, to, to attempt. It's a little bit like I've just been to climb Kilimanjaro and everything I read just said it's attitude over altitude. And that's yeah. what you seem to be kind of, that's what's jumping into my head. Well, that's a great, Kilimanjaro is a great example because... You know, a lot of people are able to, to do that as long as they, like, follow the, you know, progression, the literal steps, right? It's not quite like Everest, yeah. you know, in the sense that Everest is, like, this kind of superhuman kind of thing. Uh, but Kilimanjaro is, like, this, it is a tough, tough, you know, quest, uh, a great achievement. But yet, as you see, it's, it's mostly about attitude, essentially, yeah. which is yeah. great. What are the challenges to being a maverick? Maybe you're misunderstood. At times, right? Okay. Maybe you're judged, you know? Maybe uh, people are uncomfortable with uh, someone who kind of questions the status quo or kind of goes in their own way. They, they think you have an agenda. They think uh, it's not fair somehow. You know, it's not fair that, you know, I kind of skipped these years of, of education or something. Uh, you know, if you, if you don't have a traditional job, you know, it's... Um, you know, somehow, I don't know, somehow causing harm to other people when obviously, like, you're probably producing something that's of value to other people. But yes. the point is, the point is people can be uncomfortable with it. Yes. Okay. What's been the lowest point of your journey as a maverick? Um, oh, these questions. I started off with a few. Um, these came from the mavericks. Yeah. Okay. That's good. So the, it, the it expanded. Yeah. 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 It's good. It's good. Um, I want to give you a very honest answer. I'm trying to think. Like, um, had lots of low points. Um, I have to kind of think about that, right? It's going to be really okay. personal, and I want to give you an honest answer. So, I don't know. Lots of times I've doubted myself, or lots of times I feel I've disappointed others in friendships or relationships, or um, just feel like I'm not really achieving what I'm, you know, hoping hoping to or something. But I'll, I'll keep thinking about it. Okay. What aspects of your personality or character influence your maverick approach? Well, I'm stubborn. <laughs> Top answer. Is it? Well, we had, me and this guy in um, Malaysia had a half-hour conversation, totally separate to the interview, although yeah. part of the interview, about how pig-headed and stubborn our fathers were yeah. and what we've and how we've become because of it. Yeah. Well, that's kind of my, that's what I would identify as number one, but yeah. it's it's the challenge to redirect that stubbornness, right? Yes. It's just like being a rebel. You could be a rebel against all kinds of things, but much better to direct that. So the same thing with stubbornness, like, I think it's, uh, if we can direct that persistentness that, you know, we're going to make this happen no matter what, um, as opposed to just being obstinate all the time, yes. then that's, okay. when, that's when we'll be more successful. Are you born or bred a maverick, do you think? Bred, I think. Yeah, I mean, I'm, a, I'm kind of a, I'm not really a sociologist, but my training, such as it was in education, was in sociology. Right. So, um, I mean, it could be a combination of things, but I very much tend to believe that we're a product of our environment. And, okay. You know, the different opportunities that we have along the way. And do you think your childhood in any way impacted on your being a maverick today? Um, I, I think um, I, I lived a bunch of different places when I was a kid. My parents were split up, which, which ironically maybe had some advantages because I had different families and like um, different situations and was in different schools, which is, is kind, of, kind of hard as a kid, but 
I think uh, in the long term, it can also be good because you can become comfortable adapting to different situations and okay. kind of got this cross-cultural understanding pretty early on. I lived in the Philippines for two years, and then I was on a Native American reservation for several years in, in Montana. So those kind of experiences, I mean, kind of helped me to maybe see the world a bit differently. Okay. How is your enthusiasm, drive and energy related to being maverick? Mm. Um, you know, at some point in my life, I kind of went from being a pessimist to being an optimist, and or like a maybe realistic optimist. Let's okay. Say. I know you didn't you, you didn't ask about those words, but no, 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 it's cool. I'm thinking about it in the context of like energy and enthusiasm because at a certain point, I used to be pretty cynical, used to be pretty negative, and I still can be. But I guess at a certain point, um, just found so much more. I don't know, so much more power or like opportunity in seeing the good in things and believing that things would be better in the future than they were in the present. And mm. this this just kind of helped me to either help me to get enthusiastic or it kind of one became before the other, I don't know. But um, that's what I think of when I think about the enthusiasm. Okay. How do you see rules? Rules. Well, when I was quite young, I would say, I mean, now I'm sounding like a very old person, of course. No, you don't. You know, like, let's say when I was younger, yeah. um, I would see rules as, like, meant to be broken, right? You know, and then maybe the natural evolution is, okay, rules are meant to be questioned, you know, because as I said, there's some rules that are, that are probably, you know, good for society or good for good for us. Um, so I think I see rules as, um, you know, these restrictions imposed by authorities that may or may not be well-meaning and so some of these rules exist to kind of keep us in our place right. you know or to ensure that certain people have more advantages than others right um but then other rules you know are actually probably good so it depends on the rule okay <laughs> have you always taken a maverick approach to business or was there a particular trigger yeah, I never had any business training, so I think that helped um, because I I don't I don't really know any other way of doing it, just like everything else. Um, I don't know if it was always terribly unconventional, but it was kind of forged through experience as opposed to forged through training or education. Okay, and now are you always a maverick, or do you choose to be so at times, and why? I think it's a mindset. I think it's a try to always have that mindset. Yeah, I would say yes. And then the maybe the execution of it, or like what strategies you choose to deploy, or something. Then that depends on the, the situation. Okay. And do you turn the maverickism level up and down at all? <laughs> like you know, like you go into a meet, like you're talking to me. So yeah. I've just told you I've interviewed eighty five mavericks yeah, globally. Sure. You could go hellfire bent. Yeah. Yeah. Or in this situation, I'm trying to nail this deal. The the people I'm trying to work with are a little bit conservative. Oh. They're only going to handle four out of ten, Chris. How am I going to do this? Four out of ten, Chris. So, do you do that? I think, it's, I think it's good to be relatable and to think about the person that you're talking to and be empathetic. And this doesn't mean that you're becoming someone else, I don't think. I don't think it's like being two-faced. I think it's just about being a good conversationalist or something or... You know, if, if it's a business deal, let's say you're, you are trying to get something. You're trying yeah. to get what you want, right? You're trying to extract the most favorable, you know, terms for yourself without causing harm, yeah. you know, to the other party. So, you know, 
yeah, why not turn it up or down, I guess, as long as it's not false, you know? Okay, and that's a conscious decision, is it? It's a conscious or unconscious decision? Uh, maybe it's kind of an internalized process at okay. this point. Okay, what are the advantages and disadvantages of being a maverick in business? Maybe one disadvantage is, you know, you don't necessarily have a lot of patience. And so <laughs> okay. it kind of relates to the stubbornness. And it's, 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 it just kind of is what it is. I hate that expression too, but it's both positive and negative because, you know, you, you don't have patience for things that waste your time. Right. And you don't want to go to meetings just for the purpose of having the meeting or something. Yeah. Which is yeah. the first question I asked. Did you have a meeting for meeting's sake or there was yeah. actually a purpose to this? Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I mean, so maybe that's one disadvantage. I mean, obviously the advantage is hopefully you're approaching things from a different perspective and um, maybe you're, you're thinking about, maybe you're thinking also about creating a different kind of solution. So something that is, that is maybe bigger or different than what other people have brought to the table and so maybe it's ultimately something that serves your interest well but it also like serves the other party you know in the business you know conversation or whatever and it actually like change, changes the whole dynamic yeah you know that's that's like a good you know winning scenario i think yeah. that maverick thinking okay help with has asian experience altered your maverick approach and if so how have you grown i think experience certainly I think, um, you know, like in my experience of visiting every country in the world also, that was probably a big thing in understanding, okay, you know, I'm a Westerner, you know, I was, I was born in America and then these are the different experiences that I've had growing up. But, but then, you know, I spend time in, in West Africa or in Southeast Asia or lots of other places and people think differently and entrepreneurship in particular is not a western ideal i mean something that's happened like from the beginning of commerce you know mm. um so i think experience has certainly broadened my worldview. okay uh, as to whether it's um as to how it's affected the maverick thing um not entirely sure okay what aspects of your business are you most maverick in what do you do most unlike everybody else these are very flattering questions, you know, it's like, uh, exactly how attractive are you today, you know, and if you, uh, if you look at the person down the street, like, uh, you know, or, <laughs> you know, I'm just trying to figure out how to answer it. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see, let's see. What do I do more on, like, other people? Um, I guess I just don't really spend time on things I don't care about. For the Excellent. Most part. Can you, right. Do you know how many human beings spend so much of their life on stuff that they really don't give a shit about? Quite a lot, actually, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, what a waste. Just, you know, but I, it's what's so funny is I think that people like you and me, like, even though we try not to do that, we probably still do. So just imagine, you know, if this is what you and I, this is the lifestyle that, that, that us Mavericks, you know, have. Just imagine what life is like for everybody else, you know, like how much time. Exactly, you spent time. Yeah, I had a, I had a very, not a similar experience. I came back from Kilimanjaro. I was so exhausted because I weren't as fit as I should have been. Yeah. And I slept. Oh. And normally people say to me, don't you ever walk into a room? You're like Tigger, you bounce into the room. Yeah. But all the bounce had gone. And my boyfriend's like, okay, you're not yourself. And I just went, and I just turned around and went, 
this is the level of energy normal people must uh-huh. work at every day. Because right, right. to me, this was like, this is abnormal. Yeah. And that's kind of the analogy that's coming into my head. Mm. Okay, what aspects of your business, Chris, are you least maverick in? What do you do just like everybody else? Mm. Uh, sometimes I struggle in understanding what's truly important. You know, I think a good maverick, if I think about a really good maverick business leader, that person knows, you know, exactly what's most important, what to do to make that happen. They always know what the next step is. And sometimes I struggle in that. Sometimes I struggle with like, okay, here's like, I have this thing, but it's kind of a blob and I don't really actually understand how to navigate my way to it. And that's, that's frustrating. And I think, um, you know, good maverick business leaders do not have that challenge to the same degree that I do. Okay, that's fun. You know, that's really kind of profound, and it's kind of ties in with what I'm actually trying to do with this work. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. How do you balance being a maverick with home life? Uh, I don't always. Yeah, it's kind of a problem sometimes. I've kind of found people falling into two categories. Like they say, "Well, I'm always a maverick. I do my own thing. Home life is maverick." They happen to be single um, <laughs> a lot of the time, and then you have people say, "Oh, I have to, the funny one was he's maverick. He's got all these crazy ideas, and then he goes home, and his girlfriend says, "Should we go out for drinks with our friends?" And he's like, "But what I really want to do is play on my computer games and." bang out this idea, but I have to be normal and go out for drinks. So there's that kind of challenge. Is any part of being a maverick related to the legacy you want to leave behind? I think about that word a lot, about legacy. Um, and I, I think the, the only way to like, you know, truly leave this lasting legacy is to approach life different than the way that we've been told to or... Um, you know, in, in the, the prescribed path that we could have followed. Um, and I don't, I don't know if that's true for everyone, but yes, for me, I do feel like, you know, there is this calling or missional element mm-hmm. to it to some degree. And I don't quite know what all of it is or whatever, but I do feel like there's this path that's out there and I have to like keep pushing forward and, um, and keep challenging myself and keep learning and growing. Otherwise I'll just become stagnant and I won't actually have a legacy. Okay. How much, if anything, of being a maverick is related to give back or paying it forward? I think a lot of it is. I I like this concept of expanding the pie, you know, which is essentially about uh, like seeing the world not as this like zero sum game of like there's this pie and yeah. uh, you know, if I have a bigger slice of pie or something that it takes away from someone else's. And I really think good leaders are all about um, expanding the pie and making it bigger. And so, so like, you know, you can have a big slice and you're, you know, and what this is true, whether it's in like economics or like job opportunities or um, just any way of living or for travel or for, you know, whatever. So I guess uh, it's not so much about giving back because giving back kind of, I don't know if I like that phrase. I know people use it a lot, but giving back is kind of implies that this is something that is yours and, and uh, you're, therefore you're just kind of returning it or something. Yeah. Really, you're the hero in this, you know, really. But expanding the pie, I like that better because um, like you're not suffering and doing it. It's like you've made the, everybody's going to be better off, you know, yeah. in this, right? I was listening to um, Ricardo Sembler's TED Talk yesterday 
And he said something really nice that I well, I thought was really interesting. He said, well, if you've got to give back, it means you took too much in the first place. Oh, and I, I thought, like actually, that's really right. good. I mean, the pay it forward concept nice. just made me stop and think. I thought, actually, I never, ever thought about it like that. I like this. I'm writing this down. Yeah. Oh, I've got loads of stuff like that, mate. Uh-huh. And the pay it forward concept, um, you know, that have you seen the movie Pay It Forward? I think so. It's been a long time. Yeah, I actually interviewed the author for four hours. Wow. She amazing. was amazing. And she taught me that a lot of things. But one of the things she said was the tough time she had was at the same time that life was so brilliant. She was being invited. She was in, she was phoned up by the White House to go and watch Pay It Forward in with Bill Clinton. Okay, wow. and she said at the same time, other journalists who'd never even read her book were slatering her, complete strangers, and that was one of her challenges. She was saying, "Okay, mavericks tend to be risk takers. What's the biggest risk you've taken in business to date?" I think I'm very conservative. I I think this risk taking thing is is overrated or overstated. I think for me, you know, the, the, for me, if I wanted to take a big risk, I would try to compete in the job market because okay. that would be a huge, huge risk. Yeah. Know? I would be like, it would just be awful, right? Um, and my odds of success would be very low, which is not what they always say about entrepreneurship. Your odds of success are so low, you know. Um, for me, being self-employed was a very rational choice. Yeah. Um, I would say it's the safest choice. Uh, um, you know, I'm building my own security. Um, it's not coming from a pension. It's not coming from a government uh, or a company. Um, so in some ways, like this is the kind of like middle of the road path that okay. I've chosen, like being okay. on my own, working for myself. Um, so maybe for me, it's more about redefining risk as it is about telling everybody like, hey, go and take a big risk. Okay. You know, because people are afraid of risk, you know? Yeah, um, inherently. Right. Right. So maybe if you can help them see, I think it's always good like to help them see, okay, what really are the real risks here? You know? One of the and themes that keeps one of the themes that's coming up is that Mavericks see risk differently to other people. Yep. So how many ventures have you taken in the past five years? What do you mean by venture? But ventures, um, basically, one of the things I wanted to try and find out is, you know, I couldn't interview successful Mavericks and unsuccessful Mavericks because it's right. hard enough finding the successful ones. Can yeah. you imagine trying to find unsuccessful ones? Uh-huh. So when we were pl- pl- plotting this kind of how we're we going to do this, the best way we thought of asking was asking the Mavericks themselves how many ventures they've done and then asking them questions about success and failure. Oh. So some people I've interviewed... You know, serial entrepreneurs, they've set up five, six businesses in the last three years. Yeah. Some mavericks, one company, been doing it for 20 years. Mm. So in your situation, okay. how many ventures? In the past five years? Yeah. Probably four or five. Okay. Mm-hmm. And what would you consider are the characteristics of a successful venture? So for those four or five to be successful, what would success look like to you? Mm. Um... I would want to see them to be sustainable in some way. Okay. Um, so that could be financially. It could be like like we've established this annual event, World Domination Summit. Um, that you know, sustainable means that there's a you know a group of people that are interested in coming to that every year. Yeah. Um, sustainable means that we don't have to always keep pushing it along. Yeah. You know. Um, 
Um, I guess I guess for me it's like successful is does it matter? You know, like if it was gone, would anyone care? Okay. Um, does it make a difference in anyone's life that we can actually point to and say like there? Okay. And once you start thinking about that, then you, then I kind of evaluate things a lot differently because I could look at different little side businesses that I've started and I'm saying, oh, that was kind of fun. It made some money and like it's it's fine. Nothing wrong with that. But um, does it really matter? You know, and then it's like, hmm, different, totally different criteria, right? Okay. So what leads to successful execution of a venture? Well, you always have this, you know, vision of what you want. Okay. And, and it's always a question of, like, your, how are you going to get there? Or if not there, somewhere that's acceptable. Okay. You know? um, because once you start working towards something, especially if it involves, if it involves other people, um, then, you know, the outcome may change or the means of arriving at the outcome may change. Um, so I, I guess, you know, what makes it you know, a success, the implementation is, you know, do you actually get there or do you get to another acceptable place? Okay. Because I think and it's okay to change along the way. Excellent. But if you don't get to, but if you're not making progress, then it's not successful and that's fine. You do something else. Okay. And what do you do that makes the venture successful? Um, what does Chris bring to the table? Yeah, I don't know if there's any magic to it. Uh, try to do something that's meaningful to begin with. You right. Know? Maybe that's the first thing is not just, because we can work really hard at, you know, small things. I mean, I think it was um, it was like Elon Musk who said, uh, we, we spend too much time on small ideas. And I really liked that because as soon when I heard that quote, I was like, I spend too much time on small ideas. Like I, like that is true. And I should, I should spend more time on big ideas. And so maybe part of what, you know, makes something successful or what I can contribute toward it being successful is doing the right thing in the first place and actually saying, okay, like, you know, if we're going to choose to invest our time and our energy, our resources, like there's only so many things that we can do. You know, you can't do everything. You might be able to do anything, but, you know, you can't do everything. So um, are we doing the right thing? Okay. I think if you get that right, then you can make a lot of mistakes. Excellent. That was way. my turn to write that down. We, okay, we spend too much time on small ideas. My, one of the things people always say to me is, don't you ever think small? You know, like it never crosses my mind that I might just do this project and nothing's going to happen. I can uh -huh. see this being absolutely colossal. It oh, never great. crosses my mind. Oh, good for you. That this, you know, and a lot of the people that I've coached, they've always said that, you know, you always make me think because, you know, nothing's impossible. You know, yeah. if you think about it, Gandhi made the whole, you know, got India, you know, turned around and got independence by using no violence. Do you mm. think he sat there and thought, actually, you know, let's think small. Let's just do a bite. He didn't. Right, Nelson right. Mandela didn't do that. Right. You, know, right. you know, think big or get out of the fucking kick. You know, That's why? Great. It's your TED Talk. That's great. Oh, I have hundreds, mate. Uh, anyway, so where was I? I have to keep focus because my focus is I need to get my interview done. Okay, so... When a venture is unsuccessful, what would you consider the main reasons for failure? Mm. I don't know if it's the same for each venture. Okay. You know, I think it's, um, it's like that, that Tolstoy quote, which I would probably get wrong, but it's about like, you know, all happy families are alike and all unhappy families are unhappy in their own way. Okay. Something like that. So I feel like um, when things go wrong, there's all kinds of reasons why it could go mm. wrong. Um, I don't know what the unifying theory is. Okay. 
Okay. As a maverick, what are you afraid of? So many things. I'm afraid that I'll never actually like reach that vision that we just talked about. I'm afraid that um, I'm afraid that I'll always be this person with potential. You know, potential is like this terrible thing. Potential people are like, oh, you know, she's so so smart. You know, he's really sharp. He's gonna make something of himself one day. That's a great thing to hear when you're like 10 years old, right? Yeah. Or 12 or something. You know, but it's like there comes this point in life in which um, you, you know you don't want to be. I don't want to say I don't want to say an age, right? But you don't want to be whatever this age is, and hear people say like they're gonna make something of themselves one day. But you know, you, but you know Chris, <laughs> I, I I completely concur with you. But do I have a firm believer of know thyself? Mm. Okay. Somebody once said to me recently, I was interviewing. You know, when you're successful, I went, hang on a minute. What do you mean yeah, yeah. when I'm successful? Yeah. Yeah, and they went, well, you know, I said, I said, I'm ha on a scale of one to the, out of ten, I'm on ten out of ten for happy. I have amazing friends. I, I'm at twenty years old. I was in a battered woman's hostel. This wasn't life was mapped out. I wanted to live by the mountains. I can see Grouse Mountain, right? I lived the life that I've always wanted, and you're telling me that you're worried about whether I'm successful. Yeah. Okay. But that's fair. But I think you're getting hung up on the word successful because yeah. I didn't. I didn't say that. Like yeah, I no, said, no, no. Pretend, potential. Yeah. You know. So let's let's think about you because you have this huge vision, right? You right. have this colossal vision. You got hundreds of TED talks. You got all that, right? So, you know, for me, it would be like, you know, if I had that vision, if I had the hundreds of talks, my my greatest fear would be. It's not about being successful. Like, uh, yeah, I'm yeah, successful. It's fine. But am I going to live up to that potential? So to me, because your potential is greater because like where much is given, much is required, right? Like yes. You're so very fortunate that you've been able to you know, have all these experiences. We have this maverick mindset, which is kind of unusual. So what are we going to do with it? You know, so my, my fear is like that I'll just always be like yeah. successful. I'm not, not Yeah, I'm not disagreeing with you. I completely concur with that potential because I question myself every day as in, you know, I've got this potential. Am, am I going to be able to execute this? That's what... You know, I have this little post-it note that sits in front of my computer, which says, "Yeah, wow." How am I going to perfectly yeah. execute this? Wow. And I, every time I do something, this interview, how am I going to perfectly execute this? I spent eighteen months trying to get you on lockdown. Am I doing the best that I possibly can? Yeah, exactly. How important is team to you as a maverick? Team. Yeah, a lot of people say you know mavericks tend to be solo players and stuff. So how do you find that? Uh, I think it depends on what you're trying to accomplish. Okay. Um, yeah, exactly. Okay. And does being a maverick affect your approach to leadership? I hope so. I, I hope that I'm not, you know, doing things the same way everybody else does. Okay. Okay. I think this is a really crucial question. They all are, but I, somebody gave me this and I thought, actually, he's got a really valid point. How and where did you get your permission to be a maverick? <laughs> I, I don't think I ever sought permission. I don't think I ever, uh, uh, I didn't have a mentor or someone that was like, go and do this, you know. Um, and that's why I, I don't ever, I don't really mentor now. I don't actually, I don't like the concept of, of mentorship. You know, I don't, I think we all learn from one another and that's great. Um, but whenever people are like, oh, like, will you mentor or something? I'm like, I don't think you need that. You know, I think. Okay. You know, people can redirect in your life. People can coach. That's fine. That's fine. But um, 
you know, basically what I'm coming to is I don't think ever I ever like received permission from anyone, and, and okay. I don't think anyone needs to do that. Fair enough. Is being a maverick related to creativity? You said you like creating things. Mm. Is it related to creativity? And if so, if so, how? I'm sure it's somehow related. That's a good question. Like, I would love to hear what you think about that as you go through your, your study. Um, it's helped me think differently about creativity. You know, it's uh, creativity for me is not painting, you know, on a canvas or something. Like, I was a musician for a while, but that was a long time ago. So my creativity these days is not in the arts or music, which is what I maybe, let's say normal people, when they think about create creativity, they think about those things. Mm. Um, whereas I think creativity is... Um, about expressing oneself and different ways of there are different ways to do that right you can yeah. express yourself creatively as a business strategist you know or as a uh, yeah you can you can, you can express yourself creatively in any medium you choose to right. as far as i'm concerned so what about innovation how is how's being a maverick related to innovation well, innovation is, is by nature, you know, doing something new, right, that hasn't been done before. It's, um, it's, it's not just about improving something. It's about bringing something into life. Uh, and, yeah, I'm not sure because I don't see myself as an innovator personally. Okay. So I don't, um, I don't really know much about, you know, making something that hasn't ever been there before. Okay. Fair enough. Mavericks tend to be learners. What is what are you a student of? Oh, yeah, it's good. Um, found myself frustrated in the past couple of years because felt like I, I was a learner for a long time. I was always a really big you know reader and trying to like listen to stuff on audio and um, realized maybe in the past year or two I kind of getting more absorbed into my own stuff and not necessarily like learning. Um, but I'm trying to pay attention to other people like in our community who are doing interesting things and trying to see like how they do them and, and what they're learning through that process and okay. how I can apply that in my own life. Okay. Do you draw on other Mavericks in any way? Sure. I have a whole community of them. Excellent. Mm -hmm. is, any, is, is there anyone who's a Maverick that inspires you? Mm, I mean, there are so many people. Um, like I said, I have, I'm fortunate I have this community, the art of nonconformity. You know, everyone who identifies with it in some fashion or, or another, um, whether through entrepreneurship or the arts or travel or education or whatever, um, like they're kind of raising their hand and saying, like, I'm part of this. Um, so I don't, I don't know one, one person. If I had, picked, had to pick one person, I always go back to uh, the person who inspired me to, to leave my home in the States and go to West Africa. And that was this guy named Dr. Gary Parker. And he was a surgeon in California. And he left his home to go volunteer in Sierra Leone. And he stayed for what's now 23 years or something. Okay. Um, and, you know, so I feel like what, what, that's, that's like the ultimate maverick, you know. Yeah. Like that's the ultimate. And it's really humbling to hear that for somebody with the connectivity that you've got, you remembered this one guy. And well, he I changed my whole life. So yeah. I can't really forget. Yeah, you know? no, that makes sense. What do you have to suffer and sacrifice because you're a maverick? I don't know. I don't think I suffer. Okay. It's, it's, you know, everybody's got different perceptions, obviously. So, yeah. Sure, yeah. Okay. I guess different people have, some people have a cross to bear or something. Yeah. But I feel like I have a great life. Okay. 
What motivates you as a maverick? What makes you jump out of bed and say, Chris, today I'm going to do this, this, this and this, and I'm going to execute it perfectly? That's exactly what I say too, by the way. <laughs> yeah. It's true. I'm like, I'm going to today, come on, yeah. I've got to crush it, got to do this. Yeah. You know? I give myself these little talks. Um, um, the process is very motivating. I like actually like going through and making things and uh, connecting with one another, with different people. So I like this creating, connecting blend. I like this 50-50 approximate. Maybe it's one more than one than the other. But I like this mixture of like, okay, every day I'm trying to make something, and put some things out into the world and some people will care and some people won't and that's fine um and then also i'm going to try to connect with people i'm going to try to give something contribute something and if i'm doing those two things then i'm happy if i'm not then i'm unhappy okay that makes it it's really good that you know what makes you happy and what doesn't you know how many people on this planet don't know what they are yeah. it's yeah, scary like, yeah is any part of being a maverick related to finding out who you are and what you're capable of I think we find out who we are and what we're capable of through experimentation and through trial and error. Okay. And so, you know, maybe we're more likely to do those things if we're if we're we have the courage or if we um, think about risk differently or we have that mindset. Okay. Um, so I'm I'm sure that there are some characteristics that overlap. Okay. Do you like being a maverick? I can't imagine any alternative. Okay. What, what else? You know, like I said, what what would you do? Do. You know? um, is being a maverick important or a responsibility in any way? Both. It's all. It's all. Yeah. It, uh, of course, because as I said, where much is given, much is required. You know, or if you don't like the religious reference, like yeah, uh, you know, Spider Man. Uncle, Uncle Ben, you know, with, with great like, power comes great responsibility. Right? It's, I believe in that. I, one of my favourite quotes, I use it all the time. Great. On a scale of one to ten, now you've nearly finished this interview. Okay. How maverick are you? Not in comparison, now how I'm asking this, Chris, is not in yeah. comparison to anybody else, but if you were asking inside your heart, yeah, that on ten out of ten, this is what I would be like as a maverick. Where are you sitting? Seven. Okay. Seven what is most, good. What do most people say? What do, oh, um, the diehard fuckers, they're like ten. Yeah. No sweat, right? Then you have the others that who beat themselves up a bit. You know, saying, actually, compared to other people I know, I'm only on a free. Or yeah, compared to where I'm going to be in... In two years' time, I'm on about five. So it right. kind of depends how they interpret that right. question, okay. yeah? If you'd asked me, you know, initially, before I started doing this project, I would have said, yeah, I'm ten. Okay. But and if you ask me now, uh -huh. I, because I know where I'm going with this, I don't think I'm anywhere near a ten. Yeah, okay. So it good. changes. What advice would you give to someone who feels they are a maverick so that they can be the best possible maverick they could be? First advice is understand that you're not alone. Okay. And understand that there's other people out there who see the world the same way that you do. And it's great if you can connect with them, but whether you do or not, just know that, you're, that like, it's, it's okay, right? It's okay to, to, to do this, right? So not that I'm giving permission. As I said, yeah. they should take permission for themselves. Yeah, that's okay. the first thing. Second thing is, um, 
you know, as you said, figure out what makes you happy. Ask why. You know, identify what it is that, that you want to get out of life. And because I heard, I've heard it said, you know, like there's two problems in life, like knowing what you want, knowing how to get it. So let's let's you know figure out the first thing. What is it that you want? Um, what can you offer the world? You know. And okay. I, I feel like thinking through this kind of stuff is helpful. Okay. How do you promote and serve other people to be mavericks? Mm. Uh, I try to affirm this value of nonconformity. Okay. I try to affirm this and show people either like didactically or sometimes it's even better, you know, just through story and example, shining a spotlight on people, um, you know, showing people that there's another way. Okay. How do you serve and promote yourself to be a maverick? Well, I, I uh, let's see. I have no objection to like self promotion. Like, if I, you know, have a book out or some, a product or something, I have no problem with like, you know, telling people about it and trying to market it or whatever. Okay. What's your biggest ambition? What's your biggest challenge right now? To to effectively serve the great community I have as well as figure out, like, what's the next step? Where are we going, you know? Okay. If you could have a superhero power, what would it be? Mm, we touched on it earlier. Um, so, obviously, everyone's first superpower would be to fly. Yeah. I feel like you have to just take that off the table. because yeah, like everyone, it comes up, yeah. Yeah, done. everyone wants to fly, so I would love to fly. If I couldn't, be, couldn't fly or be invisible, that's also cool. Um, I would want the superpower of knowing exactly what to do next. <gasps> wow! That'd that be... Can you imagine if you got that? That is a superpower. What do you do for fun? This is fun. This is fun, okay. One quote that defined you as a maverick. Uh, once in a while it hits someone that they don't have to experience the world in the way they've been told. Excellent. Alan Keatley. What would you like to have been asked that I haven't asked you? This is all great. I'm happy. <laughs>